right. Hello, Texans. Welcome to the podcast. Great to have you listening to this one with Mike Keith. He's the only voice the Tennessee Titans have ever had. It's funny because I was on his show this week and he introduced me as the only voice the Houston Texans have ever had. True. And of course, there were other voices of his franchise, the Houston Oilers, Ron Franklin, Russ Small, Tom Franklin, to name a few, but Mike Keith is the only Tennessee Titans announcer, so there's that. But in this podcast, we'll get into a number of things, including their new stadium plans and how things are going. Are they going according to plan so far for the Titans, who are first in the AFC South? Texans and Titans play a lot of close games. I know the Texans are coming off their best offensive performance, 300 yards passing plus, and Damian Pierce, another really solid game, but... The defense has to stop the run, right? Bottom of the league and stopping the run, and you have Derrick Henry coming in here this week. He's not having the kind of year that he usually does in that long run is less than 25 yards. He's averaging four yards per carry, but he's still Derrick Henry. Let's get into it with Mike Keith on what is going right right now for the Titans during their four-game winning streak. Joining us right now on Texans Radio, it's voice of the Tennessee Titans, Mike Keith. Mike, great to have you on. How's it going? It's going well, Mark. Thanks for having me on the program. Well, it's always wonderful to visit, and you and I catch up at the Combine, and whenever the Texans and Titans play, which is twice a year, haven't met in the playoffs yet. Would love to see that happen at some point. But tell me, what's the difference lately for the Titans, who got off to a bit of a rocky start, opening day loss against the Giants? I know things weren't exactly going according to plan, but now they are with the winning streak. What's happening, Mike? Well, it's been very interesting, Mark, from the standpoint that we left Buffalo um, – taking quite a beating there and a physical beating as well with some injuries and, you know, being in a situation at that moment in time that we had to come back and reevaluate where we were. And, you know, Mike Vrabel and the staff and John Robinson, the general manager and everybody who, who runs this thing sat down and said, okay, here's who we are right now. Here's what we can do. Let's do these things and let's try to do them well. And so that's what the Titans have done in the last uh, four games is they have focused on playing mistake-free, winning the kicking game, using Derrick Henry more, trying to be better on defense, taking advantage of what matchups they might have in certain games, utilizing personnel in very different ways. You know, some guys uh, on defense play one game and then don't play much the next game uh, because it's it's a matchup type thing that they're going with. So, it's been mix and match overall, very basic football, and the Titans have found ways to win three close games, or I should say four close games in a row, and they're at four and two. I don't think anybody feels like everything is solved because the injury thing continues to be a massive problem for this ball club, but at the same time, their feeling is we're going to be able to compete if we can make it our sort of game. And that's that's what they've been trying to do over the last month and for the most part have done pretty well. Mike Keith with us, voice of the Tennessee Titans. Okay, Mike, we know that Tannehill left the stadium in a walking boot and there was optimism about him earlier in the week. You and I are recording this early in the week, but tell me something about Malik Willis. If Malik Willis has to play, if he eventually does play, what are you seeing out of him in practice? And I know in training camp, preseason games, we saw some electric plays. So your thoughts on the rookie? What we saw in training camp was he wasn't ready. <laughs> that was the bottom line. <laughs> but what I liked about him, Mark, is he knew he wasn't ready. 
And so he has worked hard in the regular season running the show team in practice to drive to try to drive the first teamers crazy. And th- you know, that's what a good practice player does when they're mm-hmm. not in the lineup and you know, that's how a lot of guys get into the lineup is they have the opportunity to practice against the first string and if they can make some plays, they get confidence and they get noticed. Malik has done that very well over the past 2 months. He has taken the show team, he has made the periods more competitive. He's tried to make things happen, but fundamentally he's gotten better. You know, when the, when the Titans took him in the draft, in the third round, they knew him, but Mark, nobody thought he would be there in the third round, and the Titans never thought they would really have a shot to draft him. They had vetted him, but they had not vetted him in a way that you, you normally do. You know, they, they had mm-hmm. not – taken that you know that deep dive that you go into with a with a player so they're still learning about him what they've been impressed with is his approach he's a quarterback he knows he's a quarterback he knows he has to work he understands what he's up against and he is a phenomenal athlete all right if he's healthy Ryan Tannehill 2022 version same Ryan Tannehill different He's not a young man anymore, but he's not really old either. He's just no. a little bit more elderly in NFL terms. Doesn't run as much as he once did, but he's not afraid to run. He has managed this team incredibly well. And I think that's what you don't appreciate about Tannehill unless you're around it every day. The calls that he makes at the line, the way he's very involved in the game planning, because he is 34 and He's seen a couple of things, right? right. So, you, you, I mean, this is a guy who will make his 143rd start counting playoffs. I mean, I mean he's seen some football. So you're, you're looking at a guy who can really be a difference maker between he and Ben Jones. There's so much cerebral that goes on at the line of scrimmage between those two that really help a very inexperienced offensive line and help get Derrick Henry running the right way. Uh, Tannehill hasn't thrown it a lot because the Titans lost Traylon Burks to injury. Uh, They've lost Kyle Phillips to injury, two guys that they were going to count on as part of their top four. With the loss of Taylor Lewan, and then what's happened with Nate Davis the last two games and the fact that they lost two starters from last year, they've had to mix and match and help the offensive line. So they have not been able to – just drop back and and hum it like, you know, a lot of teams like to do at certain points. They're having to play the game very differently. And so it's it's hard to know statistically, but I think he's done a very good job overall running the show, which is what he does really, really well. Mike Keith, voice of the Tennessee Titans with us. And Mike, we're over five minutes into this thing, and I've resisted the temptation to automatically go to Derrick Henry. But here we are. <laughs> And here he is. And I know last year the Texans didn't see them, but they're certainly going to see him Sunday afternoon at NRG Stadium. So I don't know what else there is to say about him, except he's the best running back in the league when he's out there healthy. It's awfully good. He's awfully good with his hands on the football, and they have found ways to get him the ball. In the last four games, Mark, he's had 113 total touches. And so he's getting his carries, but they're also finding the way to throw him the ball. They're snapping it directly to him. You know, 
it, it's like the basketball analogy. When somebody's your best player, get them the ball and let them shoot. He's the best player. He He's the guy that uh, even when he's not getting all the holes up front, he can still make something happen. Teams are keying on him. They know he's coming. It's no secret. We're not giving away the game plan. Everybody knows who he is, and they know what he's all about. He's running very well right now, too. You you see him at times get into a groove. He was not in that groove in game one. He was rusty. And now he's gotten into that groove where he's been very close to popping a long run. So he's played well. But I think the the thing that you like so much about him is he is such a non-diva from the standpoint that even when he understands the other team knows he's coming, um, he's still going to run it up in there and get his two or three yards the best he can. A lot of the big star guys don't like to do that. You know, they want the home run runs, and he does too. But he's willing to do the work. Uh, on Sunday's broadcast, late in the game, we were having a discussion off air about it. it was an AFC Central Eddie George type performance that he was giving. It was 27 carries for 89 yards, whatever. And I actually referred to him on the air as Eddie George accidentally. And that's uh, <laughs> how old I'm getting. But, but the point was it, was, it was that type of performance, that, yeah. a game that the stats don't necessarily say hey, this is fantastic, but what it does say is there's no way you win this game without him, and that's what he's been giving this team right now. Yeah, a long run of 24 so far, so that's interesting with 134 carries, so we'll see him Sunday afternoon. Mike, what about the new stadium for the Titans? I happen to like the setting right across the river from downtown Nashville in the current situation. I know you've needed a new building, so tell us what's coming. Well, what was interesting, Mark, is we started this process with the idea, because we're like you, we love where we are. Uh, love downtown Nashville, easy to get to right off the interstate. People can walk across the pedestrian bridge and, and you know, have a good time in downtown Nashville and then come over and enjoy the game. It's really a, it's really a cool setting. So the Titans were totally set on renovating Nissan Stadium. Well, when they got into the process, the renovation was going to cost at least double what they had immediately figured because building materials and requirements in terms of codes and whatever have changed so much that suddenly the price ballooned well over a billion dollars. It's like, well, you know, if we're going to do that, why don't we just build a new one? Because everybody had been on board with the renovation and the, the Titans never came to the table with the idea, we need a new stadium. So they investigated the process of can we put a new stadium in what are the front three parking lots of the current building, and those are the lots closest to the interstate. And so the new stadium, the proposed stadium, will be built in lots A, B, and C, closer to the interstate. Uh, eventually, we'll be able to play in Nissan Stadium as long as it's needed, Eventually, when we moved to the new place, Nissan Stadium would be demolished and uh, that property would be used for, you know, residential, commercial, a park, all kinds of fun things that are being talked about. But this building, which is going to have a roof, um, is going to give us the ability as a city to host more and bigger events. And, you know, Houston's been a big place for a long, long time. Nashville has exploded 
is continuing to explode. And I, I think everybody's pretty excited about what this building is going to give this community an opportunity to do, um, not the least of which is give the Titans a home that I think will be a lot like Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. The, mm. same, the same architecture firm, they've done the plans on the proposed new stadium that did Allegiant. Well, we were just there and it was magnificent. No question about that. And they had Carl Weathers, a.k.a. Apollo Creed, lighting the big Al Davis torch. So if you can get Carl Weathers to Nashville, that would be big. I'd love to get him here as well, Mike. Anyway, <laughs> Mike Keith with us, Voice of the Titans. I know you're uh, an occasional uh, thespian yourself, so I thought I'd just bring that. I like up. how you did that. Not yeah. in a boxing movie, though. I'm not getting near a boxing ring. Do you like the Creed movies? I do like the Creed movies. I like Michael B. Jordan, and I like the idea of all of it. And uh, I think the the new one looks very exciting. Yeah, I think it, they've done an amazing job keeping that thing going. All right, AFC South. All right, a couple of things, a couple of stories this week I want to get your reaction to. The Matt Ryan situation, as they've declared Sam Ellinger the starter for the rest of the way. And it's not just that he's starting, Mike. I was surprised they declared him the starter for the rest of the season, your thoughts on that changeover at quarterback for the Colts, because the Titans had a big hand in what went down afterwards. We've actually been fortunate enough to beat the Colts five straight times in six of the last seven. And their owner, Jim Irsay, has made a very big deal about that privately. And it, it got very public and he wasn't much like the Daniel Snyder thing. He was not scared to talk about how public uh, or how he was so upset about losing to the Titans. Uh, before the first game up there on October 2nd, he went to social media a lot about the game. It was very surprising. I'd never seen an owner do it before. Um, and then the Titans go up there and win the game, and obviously he's not amused by that. Uh, when they lost on Sunday, they went back and, and had a long discussion, he and the GM, Chris Ballard, the head coach, Frank Reich, and, and the owner and came out of that with the idea that Elliger would be the guy the rest of the way. Um, Elliger, two weeks ago, took over as the full-time backup from Nick Foles. And so here we go. And I, I think the thing about Elliger, what he is going to give them is mobility. And mm -hmm. with, with the offense they're trying to run, you saw him in week one, I, I thought all along, when they went for Matt Ryan, I did not think it would work because he has no mobility left, zero. And that when I saw him in Atlanta, I mean, he can still throw the ball. He's still smart. I think he's a great guy to come off the bench. But I, I think they just want that mobility because with their run game, I think his mobility can add a lot to what they do. Now, can he make good enough decisions in the passing game? I don't know. And, I mean, he does not have Matt Ryan's arm or his experience, so we'll see. But, no, we were not surprised based on our experience with their owner. <laughs> I, I was not surprised they made a quarterback change. What about the Jags and the trade of James Robinson to the New York Jets? I was surprised they didn't get more, but it is what it is. Your thoughts on that, just getting <laughs> him out of there to begin with? Well, uh, he's on my all DeAndre Hopkins team. Um, if DeAndre Hopkins played every game against the Tennessee Titans, uh, he would have like four to 5,000 catches. <laughs> so James Robinson was always that way against us as well. He's played great against the Titans. So good. We don't play the Jets this year. Get him out. 
but I, I think ETN has shown that he can carry the load and that they have other backs and they have other things that they want to do. Um, taking the personal bias out of it, because I, I think Robinson is a really good player. Um, I, I understand why they did it, and they're trying to pile up some more late-round picks. It sounds like uh, that can easily become an extra five. If you're the Jets, uh, you've got to do something with Brees Hall having the knee injury. So it made total sense to me, Mark. Mike, one more for you. Here are the Texans and the Titans again, and it's been very hard for the Texans to beat the Titans lately. They did get the one up there last year in Nashville, but all these games seem to be close. Your mm -hmm. thoughts on the matchup this weekend? I know the Texans don't have a good record right now, but for some reason, division game, whatever, these seem to go down to the wire. Well, and the Texans have better overall stats than the Titans do. I mean, if you if you look at it straight up, uh, maybe the defensive numbers aren't aren't quite as good, but the Titans' defensive numbers aren't wildly good either. Um, what Davis Mills has been able to do in the passing game, uh, the, the running backs are very comparable in terms of what they've had. You look at turnover ratio, the Texans are better on penalties. They've been great in the kicking game. The Titans know what they're in for. And it's, it's also where the Titans are right now, understanding that this is not a dominant team. They're already ahead of pace this year in terms of number of players played to break their NFL record from 2021 when Tennessee had to play 91 guys. Mm. You know, we thought we thought we'd start this season with Taylor Lewan and Harold Landry and Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips and on and on and on. And, you know, those guys aren't here. And so that changes the overall makeup of your team. And the, the Titans know they're going to be in for a fight every single week. And they certainly know that they're going to be in for a fight from the Texans this Sunday at 3.05. Well, looking forward to the game. Looking forward to seeing you, Mike. Have a safe trip here and can't wait for Sunday. Me too. Thanks, Mark. There's my buddy, Mike Keith. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out all the other Texans podcasts wherever you got this one. And don't forget Texans Titans late afternoon kick on Sunday at 3.05, an off day for the World Series, by the way. And the follow-up to that four days later, the Philadelphia Eagles in town for Battle Red Night 7.15 kick November 3rd, Thursday night. It's going to be fun with the red helmet. We'll get into that a lot next week, of course. Have a great day. Go Texans!